0: wakes up with staff Abby and Matt. on the 105
1: it is a Friday so it's time to look back and everything we've done to know you.
0: this is an institution of learning ladies and gentlemen
2: before radio our girl Abby worked in a hospital around Sydney
1: to work at some places in Sydney where I was working as a barista Mm -hmm. at the cruising yacht club. It was like on the water, so a lot of famous people would come in there.
2: This week I learned she served a lot of celebrities. Jennifer
1: Hawkins. She was absolutely lovely. Jamie Dury. Some of those interactions were fun. Do you remember Bob Sinclair? Oh, yes. Excuse me, Bob you can't sleep in the lobby. <laughs> You're gonna have to go to your room. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you there. So he uh, was doing a DJ set and he fell asleep in the lobby. Munted? No, he was having a it little was... bit of a bit of a snooze. His manager told me he was very tired after yeah, a long right. flight. Get up, get I had the opportunity to meet James Brown. <laughs> Someone came to me and said, uh, can you get these stitched up? And I said, what are they? And they're like leather pants, but they're really important. Here is the security guard. They're going to go with you so that you can find a place that will stitch them up. They said, can you take them up to your room? And I would have thought mm-hmm. an assistant would answer the door.
3: It was the James It Brown, was them. And I was like, working man I had pants.
1: They have amended. He answered the door? Yeah. And I was like. What did you say? James Brown. Brown. I think he just said, thanks, love. Thanks, <laughs> love. <house. laughs> Thanks oh, for your yes, yes. My pants. And some, well, a little awkward. Prince Frederick. And he was so nice He's and the friendly. Prince of Denmark. Denmark. After their meal, they lit up some smokes. So I was like, oh my mm. God, there's no smoking. Oh,
2: because so, they're allowed to in Denmark at the time, weren't are they? Are they? I don't know. Yeah. When someone
1: goes, you got to go out and tell him not to smoke. And I was like, oh my God, really? So I went out there and I was like, so sorry guys you're not allowed to smoke here but you're allowed to smoke at the deck and I walked back in and the manager just had this like look at me and I went what? and he goes I was joking <laughs> oh. I then the next day Princess Mary came she smoked? she smoked yeah. no yeah. she didn't hey oh. oh, no. Mary can I bum a dart? i got
2: laugh <laughs> Dr Chris Brown the doctor is obsessed with me Dr
1: Chris Brown
2: so we have this story about Dr. Chris Brown that we have discussed for years and years. Do you ever give mouth-to-mouth to a mouse? And you know what? We've never really questioned it until we had him on the show recently. And I learned that maybe we should have.
3: Not to a mouse. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've given mouth-to-mouth to a fly. Mm-hmm. I've given mouth-to-mouth to a rabbit. A rabbit? Uh, could it have been, been a rabbit. Could have been a <laughs> yeah, it, it have been, like, Lots of puppies, lots of kittens. Mm. Like, I've... Alive with a lot of animals, mm. um, but but never, it's not on my list either.
2: Well, look, to be honest, if he has given a fly mouth to mouth, I don't think the story is that ridiculous, really. Did we break down the fly? Why he bothered you know giving mouth to mouth, to, but he, to he kept on
3: talking and get around? He was to out. Her. No, yeah. I
2: remember
1: that episode. He
2: was Obviously, out. We
3: can't trust anything you say.
1: He was outside. Surprise, surprise.
3: Yeah.
2: Died. So he, so he was cleaning his bin, and as he was hosing out no. his bin juice, the fly came he out. He felt bad. He was doing some
1: episode out. And just if, it's de- if there's an animal that's dead and it's dead recently, he will save it. I also learnt that well, people resuscitate animals all the time. My cat had some kittens. One of them came
4: out and wasn't breathing.
1: Um, so I just
4: put a little couple of breaths into it and then rubbed it really quickly, like in 101 Dalmatians, oh, okay. you know, where they rub the puppy really quickly and it comes back to life. And mm-hmm. that's the only way I could remember how to resuscitate an animal. We called it lucky after the Dalmatians.
1: Uh-huh. No. When we were younger, we had quite a lot of chickens and one of them was attacked by a wild dog, my dad. He resuscitated the chicken.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and I'm then glad you he laughed because we're all holding it a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Um, yeah. Okay. wait, wait. Yeah, okay, he put his mouth over the beak? Yeah. <laughs> he did mouth to beak?
2: Yeah. When he was doing chest compressions, did it go, my God, my God? <laughs> hmm.
1: um, surprisingly, no. Okay,
3: right. But um, it, it worked?
1: It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it is game on in Brisbane, another NRL team for the state. How good is the news? Brisbane is getting a second NRL team. Recklet Dolphins have won the race for the NRL's 17th licence. <laughs>
2: Daddy Boy has a theory on whether they'll be successful or
3: not. Dolphins are sneaky. Dolphins are actually pretty vicious. But you're what?
1: really focusing on the mascot.
3: Yeah, I always do. You know how I pick so, my teams who are going to win? Mm. It depends on that if that animal can beat that animal. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So the sharks would beat the rabbitos. Oh,
1: no, what's a rabbitos?
3: That's a bunny. They're bum- the, yeah. That was this there. Those so dolphins are going to So that's why they yeah. lost? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's why they lost. That's why <laughs> the Broncos always get beaten by the Cowboys. What's a cowboy do? Sits on right, top of a Bronco. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's method to the match yeah. <laughs>
2: The question does remain, though. How many Broncos supporters will jump ship to the Dolphins?
1: (laughs) Well, we've already lost Abby. I know I don't normally get into the NRL as much as I am, but I'm going to be a founding member of the Dolphins. Dolphins. Founding member.
2: The very first one. Yeah. They're going to be Lions and Dolphins now, and they're going to get along. Is that just so that when they play the Broncos, (laughs) Hmm. you can toddle in here and be like, see Cameron Munster on the weekend? See you. It's like, you know, the first
1: Instagram comment. Best. Best.
2: Don't worry, though. I think the mighty Broncos will stay strong. And just to make sure, I thought I'd ring around some fans as Darren Lockyer. And I learnt while being him, you are Bronx for life. Holly, Darren Lockyer from the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> How are you? Very well, mates. Look, I'm doing a ring around just to check on our Broncos supporters after the Dolphins are announced. We uh, we want to make sure that we can depend on you. 100%
3: mate, always. Yeah, that's not a
0: problem. No, never cost me, Mike. Mine, mate, I'll always be there for the Bronx Bronx always going to be my number one, mate
2: I also learnt that some people just don't have time for my crap where so are you from originally, Darren? Uh, mate, all right, I'm a Queenslander, I'm from up north. No, up north, eh? Yeah. Where about? Oh, you know, north of here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's what I've learnt this week and you can catch up on all of it again on the podcast. Download the Listener app Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast B105 now, this is a podcast I would want to listen to because she does not hold back. It is mm-hmm. called Shine It Up. Jackie Gillies, please tell me you just go to town on people on this thing.
4: Oh, no, I don't go to town. I just keep
2: it 100% real. Yeah, you, you're going to town. you go to town. But I love that. You know, there's all these people with podcasts at the moment who are all like love and light. I want to hear something real.
4: Well, I am love and light. My podcast is, is really about everything I'm passionate about. The- first episode I talk about is the toxic relationship that I was in and how I was able to get out of that when I was in a very dark place. And I think a lot of people have experienced that. You stay in a relationship a lot longer than you should. But the Housewives recap, I've got Gina Liano as my first guest. Mm. So we talk about everything Housewives. Did you guys see it?
2: No, we haven't.
4: Ah, You've got to watch the first episode of The Real
1: Housewives, guys, and tell me what you think. I'm, I'm, well, glad you, well, I'm glad cluster. you. Well, I'm glad you're a
2: part yeah, yeah. of it
3: because
1: I didn't think you were going to be coming back. Coming back? Yeah, I wasn't going
3: to come <laughs> back. I
1: mean, it, what
4: happened was they took two years off due to COVID, right? Mm. And because I was going through IVF, I wasn't in the right headspace, and I didn't feel like I'd be an asset. So when they asked me to come back again a year and a half later, because I was in the process of doing IVF for two years, I knew what to expect. So I just knew that I had to come back on this show and just share that journey. That was one of the biggest reasons for me.
1: You have been so open and honest about your struggles with trying to Mm. conceive and IVF, Mm. and I absolutely admire you for that because I think the more people that are open and honest, it makes other people going through it not feel so alone. And as a medium also, because you are a a psychic, Mm. like is Mm -hmm. that so hard because you can read other people and you can give them advice, but for you, did you just have faith that it was going to happen for you eventually?
4: Yeah, well, see, in Episode 1 and Episode 3, I actually say, and it's recorded on The Real Housewives of Melbourne, that I was going to have twins, Mm. and and I'm now pregnant with twins. What had happened was during that journey, there were times that I was beginning to not lose faith, but was beginning to question why this is happening to me. And a lot of people do think because I'm a psychic medium that I know everything about myself. Look, my dreams and everything do come true. Ben's very aware of that. But I don't get to see everything about my own life because how that if I did say everything about my own life, how would you actually live and evolve as a human being? Mm, yes. You just wouldn't, you know? Spoiler but we've alert. all got it. But mm. we've all got it. Everyone's got psychic abilities. Just how you tap into it.
3: Are, are you able to talk to your twins?
4: Oh, I talk to them every day and make them listen to music, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I dream them, actually, to be fair. Mm. I dream them um, a lot. And what's really interesting is I dreamt one had hair and one didn't have much hair. And then when I went for a scan, they said... One's got hair and one doesn't have much hair.
1: And I went, oh, oh my God.
3: <laughs> well, save yourself the trip.
1: I don't know if you've revealed the, the genders, but every time I had a dream mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, I got the gender yeah. right. Did you? Yeah, every that's single time. Intu-
4: that's your intuition talking to you. They're talking to you. They're saying, I'm, I'm coming, a mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't revealed the, um, the gender. I think there's something that Ben and I need to keep private. For yeah. Us, yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm. Ben Gillies, of course, is your husband from the great mm. band Silverchair. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. everyone is doing these reunion things these days. Is there, do the guys ever talk, like have a barbecue and go, Hey, we should, you know, they get drunk and go, let's do it. Let's get back together. (laughs) You are so funny. Look, the the thing
4: is Ben's released, um, he's just released the song, dangerous, um, distractions and Ben's in the studio every other day, um, working on his own music. I
2: see him on the gram in the studio. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in there and he's, um, writing a lot of uh, music, but yes, they all do talk. But I think what people forget is they've been doing this from – Ben started the band at seven, Mm. right? (laughs) So when you go on tour, sometimes that takes a year and a half, two years of your own life, and Ben's happy to be doing his own music. And I think um, any musician or artist needs their own creative outlet, you know? So at this moment, Ben's just focusing on his his music, and, and I have to say it's epic.
2: Oh, look, and I, I, I'm i enjoying watching him do his thing as well, but, I mean, there is a part of 14-year-old me who brought Frog Stomp back in the day, Jackie, who was like, I would love to go and see that again. You know, I mean, I know I'm being selfish, but there's a few of us out there who are like, come on.
4: Well, do you know what I just say? I just say that um, if it's meant to happen, it will, and if they're meant to come back and do it together, they will. You know, that's, that's, gonna, that's their path, you know? But I will tell Ben that since he co-wrote that song tomorrow mm. in his gar- in his um, attic, actually, that's how, that's how they wrote the song in wow. Ben's, um in his bedroom.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, uh, it's a it's amazing if you want to check it out. Shine it up is your podcast. It is yes. out right now via Acast. Jackie Gillies. Thank you, um, my love. Next time we talk, I will be bringing up the silver chair thing again, so make sure you do ask Ben <laughs> about that. Nice to talk to you. You might have to interview Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell him we'd love to talk to him. We'd absolutely love to have him on. Okay, I'll let him know.
4: Yeah,
1: good And answer. all the
4: best for the twins thanks, as well. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, guys.
1: Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105.
3: Kids have wild imaginations, don't they? Mm -hmm. And they can just run with it. And 131060, I want to know uh, the things you lied about as a kid or maybe the things you found out that your kid was lying about because my favourite journalism is BuzzFeed. They're a quality service.
1: (laughs) You do every quiz on (laughs) that. I
3: do do every quiz. Turns out I'm a Leo uh, and I like Marvel. But uh, they did a a list of um, things that kids had lied about or things that you lied about when Mm -hmm. you were a kid. And it gets pretty wild. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys have done it. Have a think. If you've ever lied about something as a kid, I'll give you some examples to get the ball rolling.
2: Nothing I'm willing to tell you nah. on the radio.
3: <laughs> well, um, one person, when they were in primary school, told one girl that she had never pooped. I think I thought it made me cool. She told everyone, and then I became the cool girl who never pooped once. I was 10. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but how long can a, a rumor like that or a lie like that go around before mm. it gets to an adult and gets debunked? Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way to keep something like that under wraps is that it never leaves anyone past the age of ten.
3: Yeah, that yes. and you don't
1: use the toilets at school. Yeah. yeah,
3: and or you leave you leave the school. Do it when you know you're moving, and then you leave <laughs> as that person that never pooed and can't quite remember them. In second grade, I told my friends that Hannah Montana was based on my life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad someone put that on there for me
3: (laughs) This is a classic in nursery, I convinced my teachers I could speak Nigerian, which isn't even a language. I read a whole book to them in Nigerian, and when my mum picked me up, they were like, Oh my god, she's so smart. She read us a whole book in your native tongue and translated it on the spot. My mum was like, WTF are you talking about?
2: <laughs> oh, so they just read, they were just flicking the pages. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she went on to voice South Park.
3: Hey. <laughs> I did one. I did do one where um, I've got a pretty nasty scar um, on my side from when I fell off my bike. Well, it was, I was riding my friend's bike. And and the um, brakes were reversed. So I put the front ones on, went over. It's got a big chunk. Classic. Shark attack. Oh, naturally. Yeah, swimming at Bondi. Shark attack. Oh, <laughs> luck- lucky to survive that one. Uh, I poked it in the eye. Uh.
2: I told... You know I've got my blonde spot on the mm. top of my head. Mm. Mm. So I told everyone at school um, growing up that my mum had spilt Domestos. <gasps> so she was bleaching something. Yeah. And she spilt the Domestos. And it went on my hair. And that's what bleached it. And they're like, well, why does it never grow out? And I say, well, because it wasn't actual hair bleach. Yeah. It was... Um, floor like, cleaner. Floor cleaner. So permanently it, like, it permanently did it, burnt my scalp, and that's why it's forever
3: like that. Brilliant. <laughs> Here's one that unraveled quickly. My last name was Lee, so I told people I was re- related to Bruce Lee. My cover was when Brandon Lee died, and the kids kept on saying, oh, my God, I'm sorry, your cousin died. And I said, I don't have a cousin called Brandon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, 131060, if you want to jump on board this.
2: I
3: believe we've got one out there. Someone out there has one?
1: Yeah, Producer Ash. Mm -hmm. um, I told everyone that my nan was a writer on Home and Away, and (laughs) that I'd go to the Home and Away set, like, every weekend um, just for fun. And like my friends would question me and ask me about it and I just kept the lie up. I think I was probably like 10 at wow. the time.
2: Wow! <laughs> well, there is actually a surf club if you go to the north of Sydney mm. that it's got Summer Bay written on it. Mm. So you could have just, and that pier that you always see, like there's a cafe there that you could visit. So you could get a photo there. And
1: Well, my nan grew up there and she's obsessed with Home and Away. So I think that's why I, like I thought that. the lie isn't too far from the truth. Did you get caught out? No, I just kept lying. But it was like one of those ones where it's like, oh, they're going to slip up, like I'm going to slip up.
3: Can I throw out my favourite one? I told everyone that I was a conjoined twin and we had to be separated because she got into a private school and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea why I said it. No one ever questioned it.
2: (laughs) She goes to St (laughs) Aidan's. I'm here at Corinda State (laughs) High. 13, 10, 60 guys, Uh, what lie did you tell as a kid?
1: Stab, Abby, and Matt for breakfast. V105. I'm lying,
2: I
3: can't say it! Will you stop lying to yourself? I'll never stop lying to you. Yes, we all tell lies, but kids more than other people I reckon, because they just let their imagination run wild and BuzzFeed compiled a list of lies people told as a kid. And so 131060, lies you told as a kid or lies your kids are telling right now. Sky and Spring Mountain, what is your lie?
1: I was about seven years old and my friend at the time, I had taken a packed lunch to school and they were like, Ew, why would you eat that? I can't remember exactly what was in it, um, but I really liked it and I wanted to eat it. So they were like, just throw it in the bin. And I was like, no, my mum's got this crazy hazmat suit. And if I take it home, they're going to know. And she's going to get in so, I'm going to get in so much trouble. and It's going to be so mad. So I've just got to eat it. And I had to pretend I didn't like it, but I really did. <laughs> That was layered.
2: <laughs> that was layered. <laughs> what was, so what would the hazmat suit be for, for her to come back and bin dive?
1: No, so she had this hazmat suit that she, when I got home, she'd look in my lunchbox and for some, somehow the hazmat she suit, she'd be able to tell if I'd eaten oh, my lunchbox. Bright. It was a magical, magical right, It was a magical suit. suit. Yeah. So, right, okay, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Judy and Barton, what lie have you been told?
4: My son told some of the mothers at his primary school that I carried a knife in my handbag and not to mess with me.
2: <laughs> that's, that's a great... <laughs> you'll never get bullied or picked on at
3: school. You might get reported to the police, though, Judy. How
1: did you find out, Judy? One of the other mothers came up to me and said, um, I hear that you carry a knife in your handbag just in case...
2: <laughs> Have so you, you got a stabby face, Judy? <laughs>
4: uh, no, but I can get
2: a bit cranky. Pants. Yeah, yeah take hey, hey, Dick hey, and Yeah, Barton. Oh, yeah so Living a stab, in Barton. You yeah, 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 Wow, yeah, we don't get many yourself. people call.
1: They're not allowed.
2: <laughs> so this
3: is exciting.
1: What's in your handbag? You have got a handbag.
3: Yeah. Must be compulsory
1: for you would have a handbag if you're in Biden.
3: <laughs> well, you can't. The money doesn't fit in the wallets, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you can't fit that big fat wallet <laughs> and a
3: knife in your pocket. Exactly, exactly. Caitlin and Moray Field. Did you tell a lie as a child?
4: Yeah, so it was my first week of grade one, and I noticed that all of the kids who caught buses got to go out of class early. Mm. So I actually told my teacher on the first week of grade one that I had to catch the bus, but I didn't. I just went out and played on the playground by myself (laughs) at the end of the day.
1: (laughs) How long before you got caught?
4: Uh, I don't know. I think it was like a week or so because my mum told me the story and she's like, yep, when you were little, you did this. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So good. Hey, Beck, you're on with us. What did you lie about as a kid?
1: Um, So it was World Food Day in like grade one and my friend had brought in this food and I didn't want to eat it so I told him I had a peanut allergy. Um, and then my school contacted my mum saying, why didn't you tell us your daughter has a life-threatening allergy?
3: <laughs> and
1: as soon as my mum found out, she made me stand up in front of my class and apologise. Oh, oh, not the public apology. It's <laughs> <Why laughs> the they... most embarrassing thing for eight-year-old me to go through. Did you get up and say, I just want to announce to everyone that my peanut allergy has disappeared? <laughs> it's cured. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Sorted. Hey, we're we'll going to the switch. Uh, Stacey...
2: So when I was in year three, we had to write a, like, what I did on the weekend type story. Mm-hmm. And mine, I said that I'd won hundreds of dollars and like, multiple TVs from the quizzes and the word searches. On Oh, like in a magazine? Mm, yeah. Which one? Uh, the Take Five. Oh, that's <laughs> a believable story, that one. <laughs> <You're> like, yeah, <laughs> Take 5 were rolling in the cash back in the day.
3: <laughs> How, did, did how'd you get, you get busted? Caught? Yeah.
2: Oh, my teacher pulled me aside and was like, are you being serious? Is this for real? And I just stuck with it. Like, I was committed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right at the dead state. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Williams,
0: Sonny Bill He's put it over the line.
2: Yeah, his name is one that almost everyone in Australia will know and worldwide too. Sonny Bill Williams. He's got a new book, You Can't Stop the Sun from Shining. It is out right now. Sonny Bill is on the air. Good morning, mate.
0: How are you guys? Great to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Is there excitement and nerves as this book hit the booksh- uh, bookshops?
0: I think so. I think a bit of relief as well. Uh, the process was so long. Uh, but um, excitement because never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I'd write an autobiography or work on TV, so it's pretty <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> nerves um, but I just try and put the vulnerability hat on and be like man if it helps a couple of youngsters that were in my shoes and walk my path then Ooh. the book will be a success.
2: It's tough this type of book isn't it because they're all the stories that you want to forget about but they're all the ones that we want to read about you know we've seen the story about you and Candace Warner in the toilet um, obviously you open up about your drug use and you're womanizing throughout this book Uh, was it hard to push yourself to be honest with these stories or were there a few that you kind of wanted to keep to yourself?
0: Yeah, well, I think as soon as I agreed to do this book, I knew that I needed to be authentic in that process because if I wasn't, then it's a waste of time doing it. The beautiful thing for me when I look at the book, why I'm proud about it is because you understand if you read it that I'm by far not perfect. Mm. I have a lot of struggles. I had a lot of self-doubts, confidence issues, A lot of things like that. So, um, and then you know, obviously there were the mishaps, uh, the struggles, and the the the, you know embarrassing mistakes that I made as well. So, you talk about those
2: mishaps. What is the hardest one to talk about?
0: It was I was I was just a product of society, bro. You know, I was just living my life, uh, happy-go-lucky, being selfish, not treating my body the way it should have been treated, disrespecting my body, disrespecting women.
3: And that's, I guess that's, and it's a great thing that you've done. And it is great when you decide to sit down and write a book about your story. But did anyone else that was around you at that time go, "Hey, man, uh, t- uh, maybe not"? Um, <laughs> or just, don't don't put me in yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not not my style. Was to um, you know, talk in others in a negative way and and, and try and be that uh, tabloidy type of guy. Oh, you know, um, I always strive to control my my tongue in that space and 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 not speak out of turn and not put others down type of thing so yeah it was never my style but i understood writing during this process that i needed to talk about the things that i was embarrassed about that i probably didn't want to talk about you know i've got four young kids and there's things that you know probably i didn't want them to ever know but you know just like in my journey i wouldn't be where i am if if it wasn't for those those mistakes so um, when I sit down and tell my kids, you know, you can you can make it in the, not just in the sporting world, but in the educational point of view, I was like, how can I be authentic if I dropped out of school at 14? So I went back and studied and got a degree so I can have that that mm. or that talk with them, you know what I mean? And be authentic about it.
1: You talk in the book about, you know, your mistakes and you just mentioned that there, um, and I guess a lot of the guilt of you using drugs and alcohol in the past and womanizing ways and talk about something that you did do right, which was um, your beautiful wife, who I believe you met when she was working in a retail store. And correct yep. me if I'm wrong this. You asked her out on a date, and you had to, in line with Islam, uh, did you date her only through having a chaperone there? So you guys hadn't yes. been alone before you got married?
0: Wow. No, it's funny. You know, the life that I lived from the Western nice- eyes way of living you know that's how i grew up i grew up like that it's crazy to think that 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 you know he married her or she married him they married each other without without loving each other oh my gosh what what are <laughs> you talking about you know but for me the life that i i lived this you know um, there was no boundaries in my life I, I abused myself and i treated women wrongly so i had nothing to lose in that concept i took the discipline and focus that i had from a sporting context and i put it into my life and I put it into my face because I just wanted to be happy. I was sick of of feeling soulless. And when I met my wife, I had met a beautiful woman before, but when I met her, it needed to be more than just her looks. I, and, and she was on that same path, which was a great thing. When we got married, yes, we didn't love love each other, but we we deeply respected each other. You know, she had rights over me and I had rights over her. Um, I strove to be the best husband I could be She strove to be the best wife she could could be And then that love came And then the blessings of our children came The struggles of them came too But (laughs) um, I had nothing to lose And I'm grateful I took that step Into the unknown uh, With my faith And and in my uh, marriage Because I wouldn't be where I am today If I didn't
1: You know that you guys are going to have to be chaperone for someone else now as well. Oh, yeah. You know that, don't you? Like you and your wife. Like you're going to have to be like, hey, you know, the chaperone was respectful on our dates. They were back in the background.
0: Uh, I'm not going to lie. We've already done that. Have Uh, you? Yes, we've we've helped out with her uh, cousin getting married and and whatnot. So it was a cool process. Well, that's Um, not fair, though,
3: because you being a chaperone would be terrifying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you what, that, that four weeks... Of being chaperoned by uh, her, her cousin and her husband. After four weeks, I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop and I said to, said to her, look, I'm sick of this. Can we just get married? <laughs> so what do they
2: do? They go everywhere you go <laughs> yeah. and make sure there's no, like, um, sort of, I guess, sexual activity or it's very... Well, out of respect,
0: you know? It's just respect, you know, and I think it's all it is. And, yeah, well, you know, obviously all we could sneak off and do this. With it, but when you're living for something greater than oneself as in our faith, you know, you always feel like you have those boundaries. Mm. For me, I lived my life so long without boundaries. I get
2: that. try something different. Um, Now, also, you do discuss in the book your times in the NRL and when you were a young player earning great money and um, substance abuse and things like that. We've noticed in the last little while it's been a real issue in the NRL with off-season. Do players know and talk about when is the time to stray and sort of where they can't get busted? Like, do do they know what the rules are and how they can be banned?
0: I, I think the, I think the the answer to this is understanding for us as a as a society. They're just products of our society. Mm. That's why I always I always think that the leadership group within the club is so vital because a lot of these older guys have walked that walk. They can tell these young people. These young women, young men, who are gonna make mistakes like we've all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the pitfalls of it, the, and, and, and removing the naiveness of it. For, for me, I was so naive. You know, I didn't care if it was off season or in season. You know what I mean? I was mm. just—I'm just gonna live my life. I'm gonna have fun. I've made it. I train hard. I, I play hard, now I can party hard. Um, I did a two-day course on when I got called for drink driving. I got did a two-day course, and I ticked the box. I went out, I fronted the media. You know, a month later, I'm back out there and I'm playing unbelievable footy. Oh, yeah, he's he's recovered. He's got it all worked out now, you know, mm. where I think I think for us and as as uh, in a professional team environment, we understand that it needs to go deeper.
1: Before we let you go, um, Sonny Bill Williams, not only are you you're a brilliant <laughs> rugby league player, but you are a brilliant boxer. And I believe that playing um, boxing professionally, you haven't lost a game. Stab over here is going to do a
2: fight. I'm not sure they're called games. games. (laughs) (laughs) Just say
1: fight. Sorry, game. Game. You know when you get in that little ring and you little have a little game with someone else. My wife loves (laughs) 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 it. Anyway, so when you go out to the game, Um, so Stab is going to go in a fight for the very first time for a uh, for charity. Mm. What would be your advice for someone just starting out?
0: Stick and move. (laughs) Get move. <laughs> <laughs> Writing that down, gonna, Sunny Buie, and stick <laughs> and
3: move. Okay,
0: <laughs> you, you're gonna, you're gonna be uh, pooing yourself, brother. Mm, okay, I take my hat off to anyone that gets in the ring, whether it's a charity fight or whatever. But just, just go out there and have fun because you can train. All you want, mm. you still going to feel those nerves out there, sir. So. Okay. Words of encouragement.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Good luck, bro. i thanks. take my hat off for you. Thank you, sir. Don't <laughs> poo
2: yourself. Stick and move. <laughs> no, I think he said you're going to poo, yeah, poo yourself. you yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. prepare for the poo. Always. Poo. what he's saying. <laughs> Always <laughs> prepare. Prepare <laughs> for the poo.
0: <laughs>
2: really appreciate you uh, calling through the book, Sunny Bill Williams, um, You Can't Stop the Sun from Shining. Appreciate you calling through this morning.
0: Uh, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day.
1: Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five.
0: Throughout history,
3: mankind has achieved the impossible. Time is not absolute. Creating electricity. The moon landing. one small step for man, one giant leap for man. Cloning a sheep.
4: A lamb called Dolly was cloned in Scotland. And created a platform to argue about almost anything with anyone while
2: sharing bikini pics on holidays. Are you talking about the internet? Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, I am.
2: Okay, cool. The time
4: has come for mankind's next impossible achievement. Can we pick a number between one and one million.
2: The city comes to a complete stop. Yep. This time every Friday. Criminals who are in the middle of break and enters mm. put down their crowbars and say, not right now, guys.
3: Mm-hmm. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, looks like Melbourne out there.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the deal. Very, very easy to try your luck at picking a number between 1 and 10. The average is 7. You can get there. We want to know if by taking one guess once a week, there is someone here in Brisbane who is lucky enough to pick a number generated by a computer system. The number is between 1 and 1 million. Who is the person who's about to change their life?
1: Christy in you woke up this morning and a number came to you. Is it that did. how it worked? Okay.
4: It did. It came to me in a dream.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> what else happened in the dream?
1: Nothing. Okay. Right. Just <laughs> it's the not lotto numbers. On, yeah. oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Are
2: you suggesting
3: the number might be 69? <laughs> I was not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, Christy we have also promised that when you win this not also do you just get a life of greatness we are going to get a bronze statue made of the person and it will live forever in the b105 building i um, in reception are you prepared for what getting this right will do to your life everything will change
4: oh absolutely
1: <laughs> good all right what Shirt. is the number Okay, I'm feeling 77. Ooh, 77 oh. low number. Okay.
2: 77.
1: hmm
2: The only person who knows is our executive producer, Ash, is the number <laughs> between 1 and 1 million. <laughs> 77. No.
3: Back off that mic a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Was that a bit loud? Sorry. You could have also waited for the big dramatic sting <laughs> to end. Oh. Everyone knows every good game show. Pause, answer.
3: Still no though.
2: Still no. Sorry, hon. No, no worries. Thanks guys. Back to the dreaming board, Christy. Yeah, I need new dreams, I think. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs>
0: Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105.